This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. Grow up, perfect is the enemy of done. In Mother Russia, perfect doesn't work. Keep on going. <laughs> Go fast, don't die, break shit. Come on, life is too short. I mean, mm. what's the perfectionist for? Are you rocket scientists or, or something? You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's up, guys? This is Jonathan Farber, host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate podcast. This show is all about achieving financial freedom as fast as possible so you can do whatever makes you happy in life. For me, that vehicle was real estate, and it's how I achieved financial freedom at 27. If you want to know how I got started, my journey is presented in a YouTube video posted in the show notes, and I post daily in our private Facebook group about my favorite topics and day-to-day -day strategies. I appreciate you guys being here, and let's get started. Oh, by the way, reach out if you ever need help. I try to keep my calendar open and talk to anyone that needs it or has any quick questions. See you guys. Guys, talk to you later. This episode is sponsored by Infinite Road Destinations, the smartest short-term rental property management group I know, and the group that manages my properties. This is a company that's very close to my heart, run by two of the smartest, most attentive people I know, Claire Rosenberg and Alex Brashears. Claire and I first met when we worked together at NetApp, where she was a top performer and rose crazy fast in the company. And Alex is just one of the most active, genuine people I know in the real estate space. The two of them together bring a blended background of project management, software design, and extensive experience with automation tools and virtual assistants. Through these experiences, they optimize any property to deliver a hands-off experience to owners while delivering the highest occupancy and highest daily rates possible. You guys know I would not recommend anything to anyone in this group that I do not fully endorse or think that is the absolute best product. And this company is that. And like I said before, this is the exact company and people that manage my Airbnbs. If you don't believe me, here are a few of the other tools and services that come along with the team. Listing optimization, guest support and approval, communication and reservations, key exchange and management, dynamic pricing, welcome kit creation, listing advertising and marketing, vendor management, including cleaners, maintenance, handymen, runners, and monthly property reports. To learn more, check out shorttermmadeeasy.com or email info at shorttermmadeeasy.com. And on the forum, just mention that you heard it here or mention my name. So give it a try. You have nothing to lose and they offer a satisfaction guarantee. And I assure you guys, you will not be disappointed. What's up, guys? Today we have an awesome episode with a close personal friend and someone special to this podcast, actually. Ed was the first guest ever on this show, and boy, does he bring the heat for... Uh, I should know what episode number this is, but we might have cracked 200 by the time Ed is out, so that's exciting. But anyway... Ed just has an amazing background story, day-to-day -day life. He currently lives in Russia, but he has 67 Airbnb units that he either owns, manages, co-hosts, does lease to option on across Colorado, Arizona, and Israel while living in a different country from all of those properties. It is an amazing story. He goes through all things automation for short-term rentals because he built a team of VAs that uh, we've actually worked together a lot on and building systems and tools, which we talk about in the show today. And we kind of go through how he does it on a day-to-day -day basis, how he's built up a portfolio of these 67 units of doing $1.5 million a year in short-term rental revenue with no outside investment and kind of just now living life on his own terms. So if you follow him on social media, you might already know that he's in a new country all the time doing crazy activities. He's doing hang gliding or um, snowmobiling or dirt biking, whatever. He's just like a fun dude. I call him the modern day Tim Ferriss, but just a great friend and great person to kind of learn from of how they built a business that they can then step away from. The main learning is that lifestyle by design. It's a concept that I first heard from Tim Ferriss in four hour work week. And it's something that Ed kind of embodies as we talk about in the show, plan what life you want, plan what makes you excited. He talks about a great concept from that book of Life is not about happy or unhappy. It's about bored or excitement. And if you have some excitement in your life, you can stay young, you can have energy, you could be kind of jumping out of bed every morning. And that's the lifestyle that Ed wanted to design and then have 
these income streams that can support that and give him something to do every day, kind of in business, but also in fun. So it's a really, really kind of cool perspective. Uh, and I highly recommend checking out that book. Four Hour Work Week has probably been my most reread or gifted book since becoming an entrepreneur and just kind of like trying to live that concept as close as I can. So it's really, really good stuff. Today's tangible tip down that path, make a list of all the computer or on-screen activities that you do on a daily basis and pick either the simplest or most annoying of those tasks and create a to-do on Upwork or Fiverr or Freelancer today. It could be scraping lists from Zillow. It could be sending cold emails to clients. It could be posting social media posts on your behalf. Whatever it is that is simple and you don't like doing and it's done from a computer screen, it can be outsourced. So I highly, highly, highly recommend, please give it a try and you'll be amazed what just might happen. So without any further ado, guys, awesome episode today with friend Ed Gomberg. All right. Ed, this is a different type of episode, people. This is a special episode for so many reasons. Ed Gomberg was episode number one on this podcast, and it was probably the most listened to episode. If you go on YouTube, it's got more views or listens than anything else I put out on YouTube, but it's just really conversational and we'll get into everything. But Ed, first off, man, just dude, thank you so much for coming back on. This is, this is going to be a fun episode, bro. And like very conversational, but Dude, how are you, man? It's so great to see you again and just to be catching up with you. <laughs> but like, I've been following you on social media. We're obviously talking a lot, but like, dude, you're the, the, the way I jokingly tell people, and they're like, who's this Ed Gomberg dude? And I'm like, he's modern day Tim Ferriss. He's, he's literally in the <laughs> country every week and he's got cash flow holding it up. So, dude, what's good? How are you? Bring it, man. I'm so fired up. This is that, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. One of the happiest places to be. Uh, talking to you. You're giving me way too much credit regarding Tim Ferriss, but I love it. Seeing, seeing both of us go from point A to point B is exciting. Yeah. My life has been uh, changing. I think more passing has been common and going from tech, just like you did with recent change into um, arbitrage business and then switching it all into automated business to working five to 10 hours a week consistently and giving myself time to really fully enjoy travel, ride snowmobiles with uh, Putin's nephew, <laughs> to uh, to learning dirt bikes, to managing the business and, and taking items on my bucket list. That's what's been cooking for last past year or so. Mm-hmm. All right, man. And this that could be a good like, I mean, so so first off, real quick, for for those that haven't heard the first episode, which they, they gotta go back and check out. What, what's the business that's, that's freed you up to explore and travel and, and kind of like not even what the business is, but how did you, what is the business and how did you set it up to do it like this? So I came from tech after selling a tech company in the Valley, really wanted to get, uh, get free from financial perspective and time perspective. Picked out quite a few passive income business models from self-storage containers to renting cars in Turo, and then quickly found luck with um, hosting people on Airbnb. It's mm. not a rocket science, probably the oldest business out there. You talk a lot about arbitrage management, deal syndication, a lot of real estate. So I found my uh, my two cents into rental arbitrage, mm. renting for X and re-renting for X plus Y. But the thing is, you determine the Y. <laughs> mm. And then growing from there, it went from one to uh, timelines kind of switch. Well, one to 65 units, I think in about 19 months, 20 months. Mm. All right. That's Great. crazy. And, sure. and for those that don't know what, when you say adding 65 mm-hmm. or, or, or I'm just looking at the bio, how many units you've added, um, when you say added, are these places that you're doing, you're buying, you're doing rental arbitrage, you're managing, like, like what, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. If we get under nitty gritty, uh, my Wellgo is the company, the website is wellgo.space should be going live in about three weeks. Right now the link is still working. Uh, we have 23 homes spread across Arizona and Colorado. Some alternative housing, A-frame homes, tiny homes, and about 30, 38 homes 
in Tel Aviv, Israel, which I picked up over last year's summer when becoming Israeli citizen. <laughs> so those are under management and everything in the US is under rental arbitrage with one beautiful thing being switching from rental arbitrage under ownership through lease to own contracts, which we can get into nitty gritty of a quick way to build wow. cash flow, wow. uh, to save cash flow and build equity. So I think about, yeah, six homes are right now are either under my ownership or under lease to own contracts and obligations to purchase. The rest are under, under arbitrage and my Israeli side with my partner are under management. All right. So this is probably also worth calling out, but where, where are you right now? Because you just talked a lot about property being in the US, Arizona, and you mentioned Tel Aviv and Colorado. But bro, so, so that means you're probably, you're in the Midwest of the United States managing all this stuff, right? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. I haven't been in the US for 17 months now. <laughs> Dude, I think the last time, by the way, that we FaceTime was, we, we've done calls, but I think the last time we FaceTime, you were in Tel Aviv quarantining for 14 days. You couldn't leave your hotel room. But anyway, I just need to call it out because yeah. you've been all over. But like, so so what's the, the travel been like? Or like, how, how are you doing that? While, while most people think I got to live where I where I grew up, I got to live where I work. I got to, I got right. to crazy rents. I got to just, you know, kind of live this life that everyone else says you got to live. But, um, you're, I don't think you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it's been a fun transformation, buddy. And I'm excited to see you go through this since, since you quit that app and, and full-time pursuing your goals, man, I can't see you mm -hmm. smile. Here's a bit about my story, right? Past 18 months, I haven't visited, visited any physical locations of business. I visited 12 countries. I probably ticked off 12 bucket list items from, you know, snowmobiling all over Russia with, with people to, to jumping, um, diving, bunch of stuff. And this all happened because at some point in Airbnb arbitrage business, I reached the cash flow goal that uh, I needed to become financially free using Tim's Ferris. Uh, calculator, dreamlining. I've actually been really diligent with one tool and one tool only, keeping that dreamlining um, Excel sheet filled up. Mm. And, and once I hit the, the magic number for me in terms of monthly cash flow, then I went full, full ape shit into automating and investing into systems. So this is, this is your holy grail. This is your, where you shine out and with your help and help a few other individuals who thrive on it, been able to cut my working hours from 50, 60 when I was setting it up and doing everything myself down to six and a half hours a week is my average for the past 12 months. I have a software, this, this, I'm not joking. I have a software that records me when I'm using uh, your border, Airbnb and Slack actively. Mm -hmm. And it turned me out actually not for 12, I think it's six months and it, and it, and it's spit it out, um, that I, on average work six now, six and a half hours a week. <laughs> I so, don't know if I should be ashamed so, of it or, or <laughs> so like, you know, it's funny, man. And, and since I've left, um, the job been reading and rereading four hour work week and just like, uh, whatever, it's funny. It's kind of, everyone says it, but like, it's just such a funny model to follow. And it, it changes so many of like the societal laws, like you need to work to work. Well, what if you make the money that you want to make and you don't have to work as many hours? So like, then what do you do with your time? And like, what kind of fun can Bingo. you have? What can you see? So like, I guess then the, the nod, the next like logical question down that path, because, um, and everyone's got to follow Ed on Instagram, by the way, because he's documenting and Facebook. He's posting stuff every day, yeah. snowmobiling, hiking, climbing, yeah. jumping off crap every day. I'm like, dude, Ed, man, just stay with us. But basically, um, <laughs> what what is the the like path that you're using? What technology like like can you tell us? Take us under the hood a little bit. How are you able to do it? Sure. Who's helping you? What tools are you using? And like, how is it possible to work six and a half hours? a week managing 60, 70 units. I love 
blowing people's brains out that never run automated business or tech business and, and think they have unique out of the world problems and nobody is able to solve it. And I come in and I'm like, fuck that, this is BS. And there's a million ways to figure out how to do it right. And um, a few things that's been transformational, I am in debt to my virtual assistants, for sure. I am in debt to understanding that if you set the criteria for performance for your team and you trust them and you delegate the right way and you reward them, they can take on their responsibility. They can treat their problems as theirs. So I honestly believe in the radical transparency and that's how I run all my businesses. So mm. let's go. Uh, mm. I have uh, two full-time VAs managing both of uh, North America and, and Israeli portfolios from communication management to Airbnb resolutions, to financials, to doing audits on my books. And it took me time to train them. And, and um, all I do is monitor the results mm-hmm. and keep my tabs on financial, um, financial performance. And I have a partner, one partner that manages 25 units in the US, mm-hmm. 23 from maintenance to contractors, think of city manager who oversees everything, landlord communications, and then one partner for Israeli side that um, basically replaces me and does everything out there. Mm. It took a while to be able to switch everything to those people. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything besides the big picture, the vision, the leadership and strategic decisions and adding, removing new units, everything is run by them. And it took me over the pandemic, I accidentally, I mean, like a lot of us had to go through a change. I had returned tickets to the US in March. I left end of February. So I was supposed to come home for, for, to Russia for two weeks. And then I couldn't for six months. So heck, what do I do? <laughs> so I, 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 I made a few books like rework um, for a work week, quite a few mm-hmm. hours, my Bible, and I executed on them performing. One of the coolest tests um, that made the change a reality was disappearing from my business from days to weeks at a time without giving no notice and seeing what shit breaks, what doesn't, and then fixing it and, and then changing the priorities, the people, the, the things. So I can talk systems. I can talk people, um, whatever you want me to clarify here. Yeah. So dude, yeah. what do you say to the person? And we've talked a lot about this, man. It's always fun having friends on the show. Cause I feel like we could, we could get just a little bit deeper and like have more context to the conversations, man. We've talked about this, man. What do you say to the people that are like, uh, you know, that's, that's bullshit. I can't, I can't have VAs run my business. I can't have someone that's not American or, or not American U S based. <laughs> I can't have someone that's not U S based who's in the area and making, you know, like, like, you know, gone to college, managing my stuff, man. What, what do you say to that person? And maybe what, in addition to maybe, you know, lighting them up real quick, what steps can they start taking to get out of the, out of the matrix, you know? It's a lovely question. I mean, shout out to Shao, who Matt, who's, who's my, my core VA. When, when you're going to listen to this, you should know that I appreciate to the bottom of my heart, what you do and the changes that you've made. And I'm honestly impressed to how much you've been able to learn and do. And you out execute me on some fronts and happy for it. And I'm excited to see where we're going to those people that are a either afraid to trying it out or B think that it's not possible. You guys should know that. I mean, there's a million ways to win in life and there's a gazillion ways to fail in and business and life and whatever. And if you're not trying out and if you're not willing to risk and change something, you're not going to find out what the difference can be, right? So virtual assistants can do practically anything. I mean, I, I'll give you an example that there will be situations where I'd be snowmobiling in a remote location without even access to telephone and, and somebody would throw a huge party. This was an actual case. One of my Airbnbs with helicopters flying around and druggy situations and and she had to resolve an actual conflict with guests, with police, find three or four key contractors to manage, uh, to fix the home, to, to get the insurance under control. And by the time I came back from the trip, it, the situation was handled. The insurance claim was filed. Uh, uh, 
Um, I mean, if, if you invest into educating them the right way, how to handle certain situations and give them the freedom to make the mistakes, they will learn just as quick as you did or quicker. <laughs> and I mean, the $2,000 or whatever you end up paying the virtual assistant, you can estimate that in, 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 real, in real value to your business. Mm. So I highly encourage people to try out. To, if, if they have pain, if they know for sure there's things they don't want to be doing, they don't have time to be doing or they should be doing, um, but just don't have the reasons, I don't see the reason why they shouldn't experiment with virtual assistants. Mm. And, and let's say someone wants to start today, you know, what would, what would your, your kind of blueprint be if, if let's say, let's say, you know, you, I, I called you and I'm like, Ed, I'm, I'm calling to pick your brain, man. Um, where, where do I get started? What, what tasks can they do for me? What site should I go on to post? You know, like how do I train them? You know, that, that all sounds really, really hard. Lovely. I mean, let's make it stupid, simple. Answer me three questions. What do you do that you hate doing? Mm. What you don't have time to do and you should be doing? And last question would be, what activities do you wish you had time to do? Mm. Write five points in each, highlight three in each, make a list of, I don't know, five to 10 items. Then hire somebody for a test day or just give them the test day to perform those tasks, assuming that you know how to actually do them, record videos via Loom, find those people on Upwork, select high criteria for hiring. Uh, so you hire experienced people. So you don't, so, so they, they have pretty high baseline for performance. Um, a few key tips that made the change for me were design your own tests for IQ, a few questions. And then a hundred percent best predictor of future performance is past performance. So if you're hiring somebody, do check how they did in the past. Don't settle in for mediocre reviews in the past. Settle in for something like, hey, this VA was amazing. I wish we could work again. This was the best person, life-changing, et cetera. And then go ahead and check with past employer from a short email to a call. See what they've actually been doing. Because if a person has a tendency to execute, they will execute. The person mm -hmm. prefers talking versus they doing, they will talk. So again, answer, answer yourself the simple questions. What are the things you shouldn't be doing? What are the things you don't have to attempt to do? Then hire the right person, give them the test day, explain how to get things done, see what the results are, and then take it from there. Yep. Yeah, man. It's so funny how it becomes kind of a game after you hire your first assistant or person that helps like give you leverage in your business. And I used to think this stuff was complete bullshit when I would hear people say like outsource whatever you can that you can, you can pay for less than your dollar per hour worth. But like, and, and you know, how about this? We have a lot of people that listen. They're like, I'm a perfectionist. Like I, I can't outsource something that that's going to hurt my quality. Like no one can do it as good as I can do it. So um, what, what do you say to those people? How can they overcome that? Grow up. Perfect is the enemy of done. In Mother Russia, perfect doesn't work. Keep on going. <laughs> Go fast. Don't die. Break shit. Come on. Life is too short. I mean, mm. what's the perfectionist for? Are you rocket scientists or, or something? I mean, go ahead and experiment. You might as well get three times as much done and accomplish things you could never do by yourself. Mm. Look at all the successful. Look at all the people that you admire and respect. And we all weirdos and have different role models. Mm. I guarantee you, if you look at your role model, there's going to be an like an army, either family, friends, VAs, business network, support network that help this individual become who he is, to become who he is. Mm. So don't be so naive to those people that think, you know, I'm a lone wolf mentality and I'm going to out execute and do it alone and carry all the weight. Um, best of luck. Yeah, that is so I just found spot on. Ago. I, I've, I've been there, been a, I failed three startups. I know what's it like to be a solo founder. I know what's it like to bear it and, and eat the pressure. And I can confidently say I'm, I've grown accustomed to eating pressure for breakfast, but that's mm. not a fun way to go. What's mm. the point? The point, 
I, you know, I like Tim Ferriss and respect him for one thing and one thing only above all else. I don't believe in happiness. He said it beautifully. He believes there's boredom and there's excitement. If you figure out a way to stay excited, then just keep on doing it, doing things that seem unrealistic and exciting to you. And I mean, I don't see a person succeeding and chasing those things that excite me constantly without having um, support network around him. Like, you know, I think yeah. the way to go is experimentation and, and doing it. Man, dude, I, I, there's just so much, so much good in, in this, man. Like people, <laughs> it just, it's, it's a different way of thinking that like a lot of us, I think needed to unlearn you know, you, you may have yeah. gotten, I think, exposed to a little bit earlier being entrepreneurial and going back to the Andrew Half days at U of A and just, you know, <laughs> companies, shout out Andrew Half and the Half family. Love you guys. Um, yeah. but basically, you know, like, I think a lot of people, it's just, it's what they've kind of been conditioned that, okay, here's what you do. You, you work for money, you trade time for money and you do the thing of working for 40 years and retire and you're a perfect example of not doing that so like i guess uh, let's just let's just go a little bit deeper into the business for a sec of go ahead what what is kind of happening on a day-to-day -day basis you know what do you, what is even happening in that six and a half hours of you know like managing cleanings managing uh, communication with guests, you know, like even, even let's say for people that are doing Airbnb listening to this and they're like, I'm doing all the guest communication or I'm doing all the cleaner, the cleaner kind of scheduling. And it's a huge time suck of my time. I don't, I don't feel like I can go and enjoy my time. I have another job. So like, what are they doing in your business and how are you kind of managing like quality mm -hmm. control, like checks and balances? Mm -hmm. Great question. Huh. I owe you a lot about on, on uh, diving into systems. So I'll, I'll tell you high level, a little bit deeper into any topics of what I actually spend my six and a half hours on. Weekly, I check housekeeping audit, which confirms number of cleanings done between the units and audit by my VA that cleanings were done and to what, um, what were the reviews uh, subsequently on those so that I on the invoices and quickly send payments. I send either bonnet bonuses or keep housekeepers accountable if job wasn't done, but 95% those are bonuses. I look at the financial performance on weekly basis of all my properties and depending on the performance, do SEO review and quality review. I um, have checklists for doing that. And for the rest of the time, I oversee big resolutions. Something gets broken, something needs replaced. If if um, over a thousand dollar issue pop out, I get notified immediately by my partner or my VA. So I look into those issues that normally takes probably 30 minutes, 30 minutes a week. And besides that, I do daily standups in the morning when I'm available, probably two, three times a week for about 10, 15 minutes where we just go, go about what are we working on, what's working, what's not working, how can we be of help to, uh, to everybody. But you should know that there's only three people I communicate with in, in running 65 units and hosting almost 250 people every day. Wow. And, and, and there's only two full-time employees besides me. Um, that ridiculously simplifies my life. Mm -hmm. And that probably is about four hours, two and a half hours I spend on landlord communications and adding new units or removing new units and, or switching to buying properties, negotiating on a lease own, setting up new homes. Right now I'm buying a tiny home in Woodland Park for my partner. Shout out to Eleran, Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. And I'm switching couple of properties under ownership as well. And I'm closing on some of the other leases for underperforming units. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, the rest of the day-to-day -day is run by my team. So I don't tap into it unless there's issues. Oh, actually just, you made a, another great point on this that I want to call out something that I, I didn't realize until just a couple of weeks ago. And now like you're, you're way ahead of me on this, but like you said, only three people kind of communicate with you on the whole business of 65 units. 
And I realized that's something that is so important and so interesting because I think about it a lot. I'm like, how do busy people get information? How do busy people get communicated with? Like, you know, how does how does someone like Elon Musk get information delivered to him or like a president getting like a daily brief? And you know what I realized is like, there's so much information out there that there needs to be filters and checks and balances to kind of curate it and deliver it in a way that you can handle it quickly and make decisions on it quickly. So it sounds like- I'll tell you a secret. Yeah. I'll tell you a secret to that. Two things. Love it. A, if you're doing Slack or any communication channel, you've got to create communication rules. First rule is tagging people on specific issues. So you have to create protocols. Hey, you tag uh, maintenance or operations people or VA for any of those issues. You tag Ed only if there's a shit show only if there's a critical issue. So they literally in Slack tag me with, you know, mention hashtag, and then I get notified. The rest of the channels, I don't even read, you know, there's no time. And, and then B, this is gonna happen. This, this always happens. I love doing critical tests. And one of the, and another test that has been hugely influential for communication and making sure everybody's aligned and you see where the breakdown is between the people, between all the networks. Here's what you do as a leader. You tell everybody, hey, I'd like everybody to get on the same page. In order for us to keep rowing in the same direction, we have to talk to each other. No direct communication between everyone should be happening for the next one, two, three days a week. And then you start communication in one channel. It's a shit show for three days. You literally see every single message between everybody and everybody sees it's like kind of a full transparency exercise from housekeepers down to city managers, down to you, down to your partners. And then within those three days, you see everything. And then you literally can, if you have, I think, pro version, you can disable direct messages. So it's kind of like, it's a shit show, but it's a test that allows you to see the big picture. That's, you only do this when you start seeing problems in communication. So I do this once every three, four months. I used to do it more often. Otherwise, just keep, stick to your protocols and, and then check in with your key people. And as long as they're comfortable sharing shit with you, Mm. Yep. That's how I've been able to simplify communication. So good, man. Um, Ed, before we go into what you're focusing on now and what you're thinking about in the future, um, I, I want to ask you this question. I, I asked here and there uh, how people would get started, but I'm curious for you, just because the way you live now and what you've learned with outsourcing and specifically buying your time back, if you were if you were starting again today, let's say you're you're a young buck coming right back out of the U of A, man, and you don't have any money, you, you you're 65 units, they blew up in a in a fire, and all you have is your knowledge and your hustle. Um, well, and again, this is tailored to the beginner listener to this right now, and it's like they want to know how yeah. do I start taking steps to get this. What would your first couple steps be? Would you start reaching out to hosts for co-hosting? Would you start talking to landlords for arbitrage? Would you start reaching out to owners to try to do lease to buy? Or, you know, like, what would the steps be? Like, would you start calling people, Facebook messaging people? Um, you know, would you go to a Buddhist monk camp and meditate for six months? You know, like, <laughs> what, what are you doing there? <laughs> for sure, this would be a partying with bears and drinking vodka to start understanding what you really want. <laughs> Most Russian Honestly, answer second. ever. <laughs> In Mother Russia, we drink vodka and party with bears. Seriously, though. Yeah, things are different now that are around $17 million in assets and manage a bunch of units. But I told it to my girlfriend, not because I'm boasting, because I'm so confident if I lose everything, I can start off successfully next time. This is, this is how you do it. You figure out something that's genuinely exciting for you, right? If you're into hosting people, you build something for yourself, whether it's a co-hosting agreement or rent a house and renovate it with arbitrage model, or you decide to mortgage it and buy it, it doesn't matter. What matters is choosing something where you're going to put soul, your heart and everything into and then, and then be excited by hosting. You'd, I'd rather you do it the way that you enjoy it so you can keep the passion, love, and the soul inside the business rather than doing it just for money. I mean, I think one of the few things that I did right is going above and beyond at the beginning from cleaning apartments to cleaning my first Airbnb to setting up to doing woodworking to YouTubing everything from installing ACs 
I haven't done single thing in the construction. You guys should know I've been breaking shit till I was 22 all my life. And from 23 to 24, I renovated first 10 homes with my two ugly Russian hands all in. And that's been the most transformational experience. I especially loved woodworking. So here's what you do in simple terms, mm. right? To get excited, right? What the heck you want to do once you have the money, mm. right? Before you even jump into business, right? What, why, why are you doing this, right? Time or money, what's more important to you? Once you have that figured out and you want to start with your first business, if you have money for first down payment and mortgage, go find the property that's right for you and renovate it yourself and, and go find images on Pinterest and start hosting people. It's not a rocket science. Mm. Hospitality and hotel business is the oldest business out there. There's a million blog articles and amazing content published by weirdos that love what they do like you, mate. So if you're into arbitrage, here's what you do. Here's how it works for me. There's a few ways to start it out. To convince somebody to rent you the lease, either find a buddy that already has Airbnbs or, or you could do a lot of introduction working or you can find landlords that know you or your family that, that will um, put up with your novice skills and sort of give you the right and ability to do it. Um, I did it through a friend to begin with uh, who already had Airbnbs, who was older than, than me, who helped me out. If you're doing that for mortgage, that's you know much easier. If you're doing it for arbitrage, a bit easier. Big of, but I, I believe if if you go through the pain for finding and signing your deal first, you're gonna learn a lot of sales skills and maybe one day become just as cool as Jonathan. Um, if if you're doing co-hosting a management agreement, you have to know your shit, right? Mm. So you can't just come out to an Airbnb host and promise him golden mountains if, if you don't know what you do so again figure out some sort of way to make your offer irresistible to that person and give a test period but having right now done all three management and arbitrage and um, ownership i think arbitrage is easier and, and more stress inducing and learning inducing exercise and learning and stress are awesome when you're starting out yeah so good because it's like anything is hard at the beginning but then but then it starts to get really fun but it, i think people need to embrace that that newness that uncomfortability you know like i i can't imagine how much of that you had to lean into when you moved out of the u.s and managed all this from distance but i have a feeling yeah, that was easy that was, was easy. easy so I'm, it was really easy to i mean once you made the switch and, and, and went through those few un, unusual, awkward exercises with your team and, and passing on responsibility, mm. delegating and, and changing financial structure and being okay with paying more money to earn back your time. That's easy. What people should know is going from point zero, from zero to one without additional capital like I did for my first zero to 10 units, this might be hard. But if, you, if you're excited, people should know that, hey, I slept in the truck and on dirty floor apartments and for three months. Mm. I renovated all the apartments without help, of, with exception of a few friends. I put all my money on the line more than quite a few times. I've risked. And it's honestly, looking back, sleeping in that 400,000 mile Honda Ridgeline and putting together those my first Airbnbs in Tucson and Arizona and painting and seeing all my clothes and paint and smelling like an old fart just because I was excited to pursue the freedom and financial freedom and do what I want. Those would be best times. They were stressful as heck, but they were so worth it because, because you're all in. I had to give up a lot of things, but once I, once I reached those, those 10 units, um, from there on, it was a bucket list time, baby. It was time to pursue what you really were excited about. <laughs> yep yep i love that brother um all right man so so bringing us up to speed a little bit what what are you focused on right now and and it could be fun but it, I, I feel like there's also you always have projects going on so like 
what business well actually no everything it could be fun if you got fun stuff you're you're working on um but also business wise what are you what are you focusing on and also where do you think you're kind of going with it oh so many things i'm trying to learn to say no to a lot of things in my life right now because um Mm. I've, I've been one of my best mates has a company uh, bucket list lifestyle and i've been tr- trying to live is what he preaches and that's basically prioritizing what really matters deep down so some of my bucket list items is is hitting 30 under 30 and, and taking company to ipo before i'm 30 and to reach that i need to switch the business model so i'm pursuing on the work side with Wellgo, I am thinking of continuing the conglomerate of powerhouses of experiential stays, just like I picked up a partner in Israel and me and Eliran are hosting people and making them happy. I'm thinking of bringing in four or five successful hosts from different countries into one conglomerate and launching a brand. Uh, or, or towards the end of the year, I'll, I'll make one of the three decisions um, I love to pick up brain of those people who are ahead of me and who've maybe gone different routes and, and see what they're doing. That's what I've been pursuing because to go from a simple arbitrary business to something IPO worthy, it has to be more than a 10 exchange. So for me, it could be either growing to picking up successful hosts in the conglomerate, or I found a niche in alternative housing, different homes and tiny housing and managing park model homes, uh, communities, or, the last few months, the most, by far the most attractive option has been to sell this baby, sell my business by end of 2021 or beginning of 2022. Mm. With 30% of income, I plan on rebuilding, rebuilding a similar arbitrage business, but in a different locations that excite me where I want to go. Think Whistler, Canada, think, think unique locations, right? Mm. Where, where you're excited about it. Mm. Doesn't doesn't me talking about it won't get you excited as much as you know your own. And with the rest of the money reinvesting in other businesses and starting another company, I think it's time to go big again. And there's one thing I tell to your listeners: once you taste the money, once you taste the freedom, if you have a spine, you will fucking never be able to go back. You will never be able to to give back the, the money that you had and you were able to spend for months and enjoy the new lifestyle and you will never give up that freedom of time so i don't see myself picking up a full-time job that will require me more than 20 hours of day-to-day work um so from from there on it's just exciting uh, Dude, i know you could probably relate to this man but just sometimes it's like you just i just want to shake people like at least and, and i right? it too like don't get me wrong it, it needed to be on top of like Dude, once you get a taste of it, it's like, I've never done crack, but I assume like the saying, it's like, (laughs) it's like a drug, but like you get a taste and like for some people, for for people that I think that, that are listening to this, it's like, once you get that taste, you, you need more of it and you can't unfeel that. You can't unsee it. And it's just a matter of adding more to it and getting more freedom and more separation, you know? You can't, it's like your baseline changes your baseline never goes back if you're a masculine man or if you're a woman who's confident taken from the world what she wants and feels that she deserves that but once you taste it if you have a spine you won't be able to give it up and and that feeling is powerful so whenever i see my monthly income go the heck down or my 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 business starting taking my time back i fight hard like, yeah. like I bring yeah. war, so it's that important. And, and that's on the business side, right? So I'm thinking ahead. Of, of, this has been a lifestyle business for me by all means. This has not been my, you know, billion dollar idea or what will make me, uh, you know, bring a little bit of change to the world and, and, and build the legacy and nothing of sorts. This has been a lifestyle business. So I'm thinking ahead, right? what yeah. to do and i'm excited yeah. but i haven't made the decision because i've still been exploring and taking off uh, my bucket list items yeah on and if you let me share a little bit today a very very yeah yeah this is what i was going next <laughs> so i'll tell you a bit of a story 
I've built and renovated 65 properties, right? I've never bought anything from my from myself. Never bought a piece of real estate besides old used trucks. I've been I've been living in the kind of a spend it all, rent it, and then enjoy it and, and maximize the experience. But today I bought a freaking bunker <laughs> in Mother Russia, in the middle of Kazan. I bought the only functional bunker where you can literally like hide away from radiation, from war, and <laughs> and then and then cave into it. I'm gonna build a sickest man cave this Republican city has seen. Wow. <laughs> and I'm excited wow. to do this because it's located underneath the the park, like a city park, that my grandparents have been taking me for walks and going through all my childhood. Mm. And it's such a special place to me. And uh, I've just signed the contracts and paid a shitload of dirty Russian cash just so it minimizes taxes and <laughs> for a bunch of purpose. And, and, and uh, it's going to be a creative challenge. It's, mm. uh, Dude, that's so wild. I, I don't, I'm not quite yet ready to release what we're going to do out there because we agreed to film a little, uh, a little project in the show mm. about the bunker conversion built by a crazy Russian <laughs> American dude. So, but uh, I've never felt more alive. I, I bought a piece of uh, real estate for myself because it uh, meant a lot to me and I can't wait to bring my grandfather after renovations and show him, show him what it's all about. Nobody, mm. nobody knows. I literally, you're the third person I've told about this, period. Mm. I'm about to announce it to, to my uh, family probably next week. <laughs> Ed, this is amazing, man. What, what, what motivated you to do that? Was it, or is it just something kind of back to what you were saying before about dreamlining and like, what do you actually want? Was this something you're like, this is just cool. I can do it. I want to do it. I can make money on it. Like, what was your thought process? Cause I don't know anyone else that's buying bunkers in Russia. So, you know, like <laughs> figured if anyone would do it, it'd be you, but I got to ask the question. Um, if the goal is an excited way to put in the morning, it ain't a worthy goal. So as soon as I saw this property a year ago, I've been chasing down the owner to sell me this baby because it's, it's a masterpiece. It's located in a very emotional and, and, and uh, historic spot for me and my family. It gives me the creativity to build something literally very few people have seen because it's, it's an amazing property to, uh, to highlight a, like a lot of things. There's a lot of character. There's like, you know, a half a ton metal doors. Mm. So, I mean, I'm excited as a kid to, uh, to build a man cave and, and uh, make something special to reignite my interest into building spaces worth staying in. Mm. Ed, the time flies, man. I mean, in life <laughs> and, and even just on this episode, because I feel like we could just talk for so long, man. And, and we sure. need to get a, a part three schedule. We don't need to wait uh, 13 or 14 months to do a part three, man. But like, seriously, it's just so fun. And, and it's so cool to see what you're doing. Like, like no bullshit, like, you know, just, just being friends and seeing what you've been up to at masterminding with you all these months. It's, um, I feel like it's a great friendship and, you know, relationship in the sense of we we're, I think we're always seeing what the other person is doing and doesn't matter yeah. you're in Russia, I'm in New York, Florida, you're in Tel Aviv, just always kind of like mutual, at least how I feel. And I think it's the same mutual admiration, but also constant pushing and kind of new ideas for, for like challenging and kind of setting the bar, you know, in, in a, in a fun and friendly way, you know? So it's just, it's cool 100%. to kind of see your progression, man. <clears throat> Your listeners should know that it's been short of insane seeing you go from, from a guy running a corporate job with this dream of, of inspiring people and, and following your journey to go to financial freedom. And I understand, I understanding why you're being so successful at, 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 at doing is because like part of the gift of this world is giving back to people, bringing mm. back the value and showing them that it's all doable and it's incredible to have you in my camp it's incredible watching you it's incredible to seeing all the people and all the results that you bring out there keep firing in all cylinders mate <laughs> sky ain't the limit for us man i'm excited to see you go 
100x. I'm excited to see you go all out. And um, I, I have no doubt that uh, we'll have mutual business adventures, journeys, and uh, it's, it's exciting to see powering through. I really, really, really deep down in my heart appreciate what you do. And I know you're going to be a rock star. <laughs> Eduardo, what is the best way for people to, to find you, to, uh, to document or, or, or see you documenting your journey, social media, get in touch, all that? What's the best way? I think people should just hop on Instagram and go hashtag Ed Gumberg. Mm. Um, it's, and then I'll be releasing the new project with the bunker and sharing more news as I start making Wellgo transparent and launching websites and sharing people how to go from zero to one. <laughs> Love it, brother. I feel like if there's anyone to, to teach it, it's you. And uh, I, I jokingly say, man, like, like not even just about me, but in general, there, there's not, you know, Tim Ferriss did what he did in, in the early 2000s, 2006, seven, eight. And uh, yeah. I haven't found another person, you know, that's, that's doing like that lifestyle and also running a very successful business. And, uh, you know, not to throw the whole, the weight of the world on you here, but uh, I feel like, man, <laughs> what, what you're doing, I seriously, like when I think of someone that's doing it in a modern world, like, no, like no, no bullshit here. Uh, I think of you, cause it's just, it's so cool that it's lifestyle design and I haven't heard anyone else reference dreamlining. So guys, you gotta check Ed out on Facebook, Instagram, follow along with the new stuff he has coming out. He's gonna be documenting a lot of behind the scenes. He's always jumping off stuff, doing crazy stuff. But uh, as you could tell, just in, in a couple of minutes here, just a great guy in addition to being super successful <laughs> in business. So uh, all right, enough of the bullshit flattery. Ed, we're gonna let you out of here. Thanks bro. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And uh, have an awesome rest of your day out in, uh, out in the motherland, all right? <laughs> Love it, bro. All Thanks. Right. I appreciate it. You got it. See you later, bro. Rock and roll, baby. You got it. Yeah. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one -on -one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber at outlook.com.